Yo, 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 check it, check it, check it. How do we do our intros again? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know, man. Let's just fucking do it. <sighs> hello. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Life in Microdoses. This is episode four? Five? Episode, episode five. Episode five. Holy shit. I'm already losing track. <laughs> <laughs> Such a big number. <laughs> Uh, we are your host, Andre and Derek, and this is life of microdoses. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say a special shout out to all of our new listeners, uh, that have hit the follow button on Instagram, on TikTok, Woo! on all the streaming platforms over the last week. We see you. Let's get it. And then I'm gonna play music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It has been a shitty- Demoralizing week. I know where you're going. Yeah, right? yeah it really has. <laughs> the new uh, lockdown announcement. Fuck, man. I mean, like we kind of saw it coming, but not really. Well, at least I didn't expect it for it to come so soon. It came so soon. Yeah. It was like, okay, um, we're going back to what happened last summer, right? Open up patios, da, 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 da. You know, we've seen this movie before. Nope. No, man. <laughs> Psych. It was a big pump fake, bro. <laughs> Fucking he the hezzy on that I one. I know, Doug Ford broke our ankles. We're like, what? <laughs> oh, shit, son. <laughs> Still got some moves in you, eh? Fuck. I don't, this, one, this one really hit different. Don't you feel that way? Yeah, because it's like so late in the game already. You know, it feels like when you're this late in the game, you kind of, you feel like you have it figured out, you know? And I, yeah, it's just so demoralizing. I really thought that we were gonna have the the spring, the the at least the summer, at least uh -huh. that's kind of what we're hoping for now. But four more weeks of this is just nuts. Yeah, basically all of April. So like even like a real life example, we were um, celebrating Richie's birthday. Mm -hmm. Who was on episode one, two, two. Yeah, Richie from episode two. We're celebrating his birthday tomorrow. Um, yeah, we were gonna go to go on a patio. Now all of his birthday plans had to yeah we get rescheduled. I think we planned it maybe like a week out. And within that week, they yeah. announced that we won't be able to do patios no more. <sighs> sad times, man. It's nuts. Fuck. And then barbershops were announcing they were oh, opening man, in a few weeks. Too, yeah. And now, now they fake me out there. Oh man, what can you do? It's four nation, baby. Fuck, I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw so many people posting on Instagram. Like, I think I don't know what the exact date is, but they were like, "I've never voted in my life." but I'm gonna go and vote on this date. Mark this date down in your calendars. Let's get four out of office. Yeah, the, the frustration that I see in people on social media, on the internet is um, the most I've seen it so far. Yeah. Everyone is just fed up. I think even the most lockdown supportive people yeah. are fed up. It's yeah. just like, at this point, it's like, I really gave you a fair shot. Yeah. I listened <laughs> to you. I gave you benefit of the doubt, but what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's. Bro, like you might catch me at an anti-masker rally. <laughs> you might catch me at one of those, man. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of rallies, we were at the Asian rally last weekend. Yeah, we were. What'd, uh, you, what'd you think of that? At the moment, at the rally, I didn't really, it didn't really do much for me, mm -hmm. right? But when we saw that incident of that Filipino lady getting kicked by the black guy in New York, and the security guards not even helping her, closing the door on her, then it made me really realize, okay, like going to these things is important. Mm -hmm. But at the rally, when we were there, 
it really felt like you weren't speaking to me. Yeah, I think the messaging was you know? wrong. The messaging was wrong. It was like not inspiring. Yeah. It if, felt like one big echo chamber. You know, everyone exactly. just circle jerking each other off. <laughs> exactly. It really, you know what I mean? Like, and then like. There was a lot of, <sighs> there was a lot of uh, sentiment of abolishing white supremacy and kind of putting a lot of the blame onto that, which I'm sure there's a lot of uh, truth to it. But as you see with uh, with the, that Filipino lady incident, yeah. the attack, his her attacker was a black guy. Yeah. So to give listeners context, there was a lot of we must dismantle white supremacy. White supremacy did it, and it's like it's kind of like what you what you said. It's it's not it's not white people, and um, you can't single out one race to try to unify everyone else. Exactly. Especially, and like shout out to a lot of the white people that showed up to that rally because it must've been, if I were a white person, I would, I don't know, feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, bro, I'm here supporting yeah, you and yeah. you're, yo, like, are you trying to get an ally or not? But again, it just, it, it just goes back to like, you can't blanket statement things. You can't put everything in one bucket. Mm -hmm. um, like there's, there's nuance to all this shit. Right. And the thing is like, yeah, you grow up and you, you have experiences with other cultures and you kind of break down those earlier lessons that you were taught by your parents. And then you just move on with your life. Yeah. Right. Like it's, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like we are doing a lot of non-constructive. What is it? When you, when you edit history. Revisionist. Revisionist history. Yes. There right, you go. Right, like, right, right. I think we need to address the fact that these things existed in the past. We learn from them and then we move on. Yeah, because it's, fuck, it's just a really tough situation, you know, like, I, I think uh, when we were kind of processing it and talking about it, one of the good points that we kind of came to was, you can't alienate other people to try and get them on your side, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's similar to the feminist movement, right? Obviously, we're not experts on this, but it really does feel like, it feels like a hate men thing, mm -hmm. but you want men on your side, right? You know, it's, it, 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 it can't be this absolute, which side are you on kind of thing. Like I think with the stop Asian hate uh, rally and, and the thing that we went to, it needs to be from a marketing perspective, it needs to be marketed better. The messaging needs to be more clear. Yeah. It needs to be more inclusive of people who maybe aren't aware of what's going on or who are aware, but aren't quite interested. Yeah. It's like, how do you capture those uh, viewers and those listeners. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And you have to allow people to work out their feelings and their thoughts about certain things. Like even with us, we're still kind of working through how we feel about this, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that we say while we're working things out that might piss people off. For sure. Who are a part of this movement and feel strongly about these things. But it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't um, take away from how much we love being Asian, how much we support our community um, and where we come from. I think we need to just approach this in a very, a much more pragmatic and less hyper emotional uh, reactive way. Mm -hmm. and, it, and most of the people that I saw there were older. Which was great. Yeah, which was definitely very great. But I think that shows you that the messaging that they have is not reaching the right demographic, which is the young people. You have to get the young people out. You have to get them really riled up, inspired to make change, right? Motivated to become better people themselves first and foremost. 
You know what I mean? Not attacking other people. Yeah. And it just was not any of that. It was just like- you Gotta get some celebrities or some shit. Yeah, it was just like speaker after speaker saying the same thing, which is great. But yeah. at the end of the day, what is changing? You know, like even when they were making, you know, these are our demands. Da, 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 da. Who are you making it to? I don't get like where yeah, this is going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like who who are we who who are we speaking to? Yeah, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's supposed to be listening right now that yeah. you are addressing? Right, and because like I heard a lot of to quote a lot of the speakers, like they they wanted to abolish white supremacy. I'm like, okay, that's great, but what does that even mean? And how do you yeah. abolish something? No, right? <laughs> is it you make it law? Like how? And how do you? How is that even? Um, like, how do you enforce that? Yeah. I don't, I don't quite understand. Yeah. And, and another thing that they really kind of really touched on was like the sexual worker stuff. Like that <laughs> stood me as strange. Like, I don't think that was the issue of. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think they were trying to. Um, related back to the shooting. Related back to the shooting who some of the victims were sex workers. Right. But I don't think that was the reason why. Like. I, I to be honest, I don't know. Cause like I thought. I'm sure there was like some Asian hate sentiment thing. And then everyone was saying that it was because he was like sexually frustrated and he was taking it out on those workers. But then if you do, let's, let's say like the sex work was uh, decriminalized or it was accepted. Right. What, what difference would it have made? I, like, I don't understand the correlation between his actions and the, like the criminality of sexual work. You I know mean, what I mean? Is it because the, he looked I, lowly on them because they did that? Like, what, what is it exactly? Because there's attacks everywhere on old people, on whatever, you know what I mean? That obviously aren't sex workers. Like, right. You know what I mean? People just getting kicked on the street and yeah. like, what does that have to do with this? You know, I was just really confused. That's no, that's a good question. And I, like, I don't, I don't quite understand the, the premise around the legalities of it because even if it was legal, like you said, um, what, how does that stop somebody who's hell bent on killing a bunch of people from doing yeah. that? Yeah. Um, but I thought it was kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of funny and ironic that we had, um, a bunch of old Asian people kind of supporting and clapping for yeah, sex no, workers. That, that was definitely was very surprising. Cause you're like, <laughs> what day and age are we in right know, now? You know what is, I mean? Like, which is great. I'm like, yo, if we're, if we're becoming more progressive, that's cool. But it's just, um, you know, you know, like growing up with Asian parents. Yeah, they're like, so I, traditional. Like I can't, I can't imagine in a million years my parents uh, coming up to a rally like that. They would, yeah, they would never clap for this. Yeah, you know, what I mean, yeah. they would. They don't. <laughs> they don't believe in that shit. They yeah. don't believe in you know being a sex worker is, is a proud occupation right. or, or stuff man. like that. I don't, <laughs> I'm pretty sure for a while being a photographer was in respectful. Of, I mean, <laughs> like, is it still? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, because I still feel like we were the prime candidates. We were people who are obviously interested interested in supporting the movement, mm -hmm. not quite well, like maybe not fully informed on it, but we we didn't walk away, like you know, what I mean, as committed to it. Right. We didn't walk away believers. Yeah, like I, I think I walked away a little more confused. Yeah. And, but I did walk away with the sense of realizing that there doesn't have to be just one movement or one protest or one narrative that drives uh, the entire sentiment of uh, protecting Asian people. I think we could do that in many different ways. I think you and I and and what we're doing in Schedule 35, I think we could do that in our own way while doing the things that we believe in. Like uplifting agents. Yes. Right. Yeah, it just really needs to be better speakers and better like motivators. 
Yeah. You know, to <clears throat> make us realize the power that we have, the greatness that Asians do have, because we are fucking killing it. Yeah. You know, like in like all types of Asians, I'm not even talking about like um, from a financial perspective. I feel like Asians definitely do have just great culture, great history. We have a great bond with one another. We appreciate each other's uh, foods and cultures and fashion and all these things. And it's just someone making us realize these things. Yeah. But I also do, like after seeing that uh, old Filipino lady get attacked, I do realize that for Asians like us, we do have the luxury of debating these ideas. Is this rally supportive or not? Is this rally helpful or not? But for some Asians, it, it is really like survival mode right now, especially in the States. Yeah. So that is something that definitely we acknowledge. You know what I mean? Um, That's such a crazy feeling, man, to, to be worried about your mom or your grandma walking out. Yeah. And- potentially getting assaulted. That's, that's wild. Like I, that's not even a thought that crosses my mind when I step yeah. outside in downtown Toronto right now. But it is like, it's also very understandable. What do you mean? This, like even as Canadians, we as Asian or Canadian Asians, Asian Canadians, yeah. we as Asian Canadians identify more as Canadians versus coming from the motherland. Well, I mm -hmm. do at least, right? So when, even when I hear news of a disease coming from China, in, the, in my mind as an Asian person, I'm saying fucking China, here we go again, mm -hmm. right? So I do not blame people of other color, white people, black people, whatever, getting mad at a country that caused the world to shut down. Right. There is very understandable anger, obviously acting out on it against Asians that didn't come from China or even people that did come from China is not uh, a logical thing, yeah. right? It's not like, it's not like it was intentional, right? Exactly. No, as you're right, as Asians, we were pretty fucking pissed and like cracking yeah, jokes exactly. at China too, right? Yeah, we were making fun of China. <laughs> you know, everyone can get these jokes, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, it's I understand why there is um, this anger towards it. You know what I mean? Like the same way that Canadians make fun of Americans and don't want Americans around. Oh, Americans are this, Americans cause problems. Americans are stupid. You know, keep the borders closed. In the beginning of the, the lockdown, was it not, yo, fuck these Americans, keep them in America because it's going crazy down there, right? Yeah. COVID is going crazy down there. That's the same mentality that everyone is applying to Asians and that's why there's so much violence. Mm -hmm. So we all are sharing the same mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just really, it's just something that's going to take time to work out. You know, and in that time, we just need good leaders and good speakers to get that message across in the right way. You know, I don't, I don't know what the right way it is, but it's, it's, what it is right now, it doesn't feel right. I mean, there definitely is going to be like, like when, when me and you are lining up at the bar or lining up to go in the club, we are going to hear those, you know, Asian remarks and COVID jokes. And, you know, it is something that, you know, we've talked about before, like we're, we're ready. We know what's coming. You know, and I don't even. I just started. Uh, I started taking boxing classes at uh, with Wally, <laughs> so I'm ready, bro. Self defense. Because, <laughs> because, yeah, because we were talking about it. You know, at Richie's house. You know, what is the what is the answer? Do we go super aggressive? And anybody who says any remark against Asians, you get your ass whooped. Because I don't think that's the way either. Yeah, no, I don't think you should go super aggressive and and. Because even uh, Barquan from. Just Kidding Films, right? That was his message. 
right? Yeah, and I think he, I, I think he said that out of frustration and and also he went, that- yeah, he went full Malcolm X. Anybody who, you know, who does anything, says anything, will get their fucking ass beat. We want all the Asian lawyers to rep us pro bono, support the community if we catch these cases, and I don't think that's the right way either. Yeah, no, I don't think that's the right way either. But again, I think this goes back to there's going to be different solutions. Yeah. Um, there's not going to be one right one, but I think as a collective, if we, if we protest and we are more assertive and fight back physically, and we also do dope shit and have more representation in pop culture, all those things collectively, that is going to move, uh, bring the movement forward. Right. But just to do one of those things all the time, that's not going to do shit for me. Yeah. It, it, I think it is just having better speakers. The reason why, I guess uh, for African-Americans and in their struggle, they had really good speakers, you know? They had yeah, yeah. really good leaders yeah. um, that could come out and touch the hearts of anybody of any color. And we need people like that right? so that people can understand where we're coming from and meet us halfway. Yeah. Like we're, we're, all, we're all in the same situation. We're all dealing with COVID too. It's not like Asians aren't in lockdown. We're basically asking for a martyr. Someone that's like willing to <laughs> fucking die for this shit. Cause that's what happened to those guys. Yeah. And I'm sure unfortunately. They, and I'm sure they knew too. Um, every time they stepped out into a rally and, and opened their mouth and all those words came out. Yeah. Like they knew there was always a possibility that shit was going to go down. And unfortunately it did. Yeah. This generation, I know like we, say a lot of things on social media. We post shit. We which I fucking hate. Like even me seeing like seeing that stop Asian shit on social media was annoying. It got annoying at a point. Yeah. Cause at some point it's like, once you see it enough, it loses its impact because now it, it just feels negative to me. Now I'm just seeing like negative imagery, negative thoughts coming into my mind. Right. Whereas when it starts happening in the beginning, it feels like it's more awareness, mm -hmm. but then it reaches to the point where all right, this is- It feels like it's being shoved down your throat. Yeah, exactly. And it's like this, you're with us or against us mentality. Right. Which is not the right way. You know, with any with any movement, it is not. It can't be a, you're with us or against us mentality. Cause you're not winning supporters that way. Some people take time for their mind to change or for them to understand uh, the full context of the situation. Right. You know, like it, it would have been doper if the people were just posting just like, really beautiful stories of Asians helping out other Asians or um, highlighting certain things that Asians did or invented or whatever, you know what I mean? Like seeing them and us in that light versus this stop Asian hate, stop Asian hate. With all this technology and connectivity, we should be way more informed than what we really are. Yeah, Because yeah. it always feels like we're only being shown half the picture and none of us are kind of doing our due diligence to learn beyond our echo chambers. Yeah, because right now it just feels so impossible to actually understand what's right and what's wrong. Like you don't know who's telling the truth. Right. And there's so many facts and so many this and that. And there's like, oh yeah, this side makes sense. Well, this side also makes sense. It's like, what is going on? Bro, it's I know. information overload. It is. And the fact that we're all just, we've been crammed in our homes for the last more than a year. Like all you can do right now is just take in information and be on social media yeah. all the time and, and just be in this fucking bubble. If you're gonna post something in support of something or against something, present something more compelling versus just what yeah. everyone is reposting. Like that is gonna become noise to me. After right. the after the fifth time I'm seeing it, I'm just skipping right over it. Yeah. What's that business term? Um when your return 
has no, stops yeah, having has value. Yeah, has diminishing returns. Yeah, diminishing returns. returns. The way I see these social media posts, these hashtags, they're valuable to me um, when they first start because yeah. it creates awareness. I know trying to learn about it, et cetera, et cetera. But then it reaches a point where for like the entire week, I'm seeing the same shit. And like you said, it becomes noise and its impact is diminished. Yeah. It becomes, in my opinion, it becomes more of a negative. Yeah, for sure. I think we're just fucking marketing nerds, but yeah, there needs to be no, almost I, like a rollout plan with these things. Yeah, a better rollout plan, better marketing strategy, <laughs> better assets, <laughs> better copywriting. You know what I mean? And I think that's just, it's because we know how to reach humans. Yeah. You know, marketers know how to touch and engage humans. Yeah. And then we spend a lot of time trying to f learn and figure out how people think. Yeah, exactly. And feel. Yeah. And you're trying to win them over, which is what any movement is trying to do. You're trying to win them over in a nonviolent way. Yeah. Where now, not only are they in support of you, but they're preaching to their friends. They're word of mouthing to their friends. Yo, this is a movement you should get behind because of da 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 da. You know, that's how you get true supporters. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people who feel strongly about these causes are probably saying they don't need marketing because this is like a real, yeah. like a real, I don't know, not a product, but like it's a real cause and there's something um, raw and real and authentic about it. Like it doesn't need marketing. Like it'll sell itself almost, but like- That's the furthest thing from the you truth. You gotta play the game, man. Like if you, yeah. wanna, if you wanna reach people, if you wanna get meaningful exposure and get people on your side, you gotta play the game. Yeah, exactly. Marketing game. It, it is what it is, you know, in, in our attention grabbing economy yeah. where you have like three seconds, not even yeah. of my time. If, if it's something within those three seconds doesn't catch my eye or, you know what I mean? Doesn't really sound engaging to me. I'm skipping right over it. Yeah. Your entire, you could be writing like entire paragraphs on your Instagram story. I'm skipping right through that shit. You exactly. know what I mean? You got to catch me right away. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a very, uh, very interesting time we're all going through right now. And I, and I also feel like the more, um, because we have microdosing, been microdosing for like a year now. Yeah. I feel like my view of things has gone a lot more high level. Like yes. I, I, I just understand that this is just the way of society. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to like the feminist stuff, even when it comes to like things with um, trans rights and, and pronouns and this and that, like this is just society figuring itself out. Right. You know, like it's gonna, there's, there's gonna be clashing of ideas, clashing of this and that because we are in the next part of human evolution now where we don't need to worry about the primitive stuff. We, right. don't, we don't need to worry about food on the table. We don't need to worry about danger. We don't need, so now it's like our ideas are fighting against each other. Right. So for the next like 100, 200, 500 years, it's just gonna be a lot of back and forth, back and forth, and it is what it is, you know? And it's very unfortunate and we should do what we can to help. But at the same time, I don't feel too um, like emotionally attached to it. Humanity has evolved and progressed so much where for the most part, life is pretty fucking good. Yeah, you know what I mean? life all is amazing our, now. All of, all of our basic needs have been met. Yep. And now we're, getting into the emotional and, yeah, and just the like, thoughts and the fulfillment aspect of uh, being a person, yeah, right? Like we're finding issues in those elements. With where we are now with, uh, with humanity in the post um, industrial revolution, mm. you know, where we have the comfort of technology, we have the comfort of homes, we have the comfort of food on the table. 
we're worrying about the accessories now. You know, if humanity was a car, for instance, we got the engine figured out, the thing's moving. What we're arguing about now is, do we want a two-door? Do we want a four-door? I want blue. I want white. Yeah. No, you should have two mirrors here. You should have the wheels should be this. The rim should be this. We're arguing about things that are preferences. We're arguing about things that sure are very important to the structure of it, but still are very biased. I feel like yeah, it's ideologies, it's principles, it's and a lot. A lot of it is like perspective as well, because if you go to a third world country, but if you go to a place like that and their their issues and problems are way more different than ours. Like we, they're literally fighting for those basic needs. They're fighting for tomorrow. I wonder yeah. too, let's say 50 years down the road, we solve all of our issues that we're going through right now. What's the next problem that There's we're gonna pick out? There's always gonna be, yeah, always you know? gonna be problems. <laughs> What's the next problem that we're gonna pick out? Fuck, I saw another TikTok too. It was basically saying like the fall of like well, every great civilization gets to the point where they have nothing else to worry about mm -hmm. and they start arguing specifically about gender and sex and what you identify as and things like that and, and what you're allowed to do. This is this is an old yeah, like omen type of thing. Yeah, like for instance, like the Greeks got to this place where right. you know now gays are allowed or gays are not allowed. You know what I mean? I feel like every, uh, I'm obviously destroying that, <laughs> that TikTok video. I'm not recapping it properly, but I do feel like that, that it rings very true. Like I was talking to, I was talking to Wally about this and like we're saying in 50 years, cause you know how electric vehicles are on the rise right now, yeah. but for the most part, everyone's driving gas cars. But in 50 years, once the entire society is driving electric vehicles, they're going to look back on us who drove gas cars and they're going to be like, yo, these guys were fucking animals. Yeah. They were fucking cavemen. They were, they were cavemen. They were barbaric. They were killing the environment. Let's cancel them. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I think I saw TikTok about this too, but it was like, yeah, like you can't cancel for someone that they did that was right at the time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. hundred years from now, 50 years from now, they will look back and be like, yo, you guys are, I don't want to use that word, but like you guys are <laughs> stupid for driving gas cars. That's, you know, you get out of here. I just hope uh, we draw a fucking line somewhere, man. Cause I'm not, cause I'm a lot of these things are valid and they're worth, uh, got to cancel, cancel culture, man. Yeah. <laughs> cancel culture is getting out of hand too. It's just Dude, like it's fucking, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's almost funny now. People are fighting over themselves over such, Oh man. It's just like, man, what are we doing? Did you hear about the King bat shit? Yeah. Like yeah. That, that one really irked me because Wait, but he, he was because he was just making videos about black people. No, he was making. Well, he was just doing. He was doing fucking like racial comedy, which everybody did. Yeah. Back then, yeah. Russell Peters. He was the biggest fucking. Yeah, you're gonna cancel Russell Peters. Yeah. He started the Asian accent jokes. He was the biggest comedian five years ago. He's touring all around the world. People loved his shit. Yeah. So we also need to go back and look at ourselves, the audience, because clearly we gave them- Yeah, we engaged a, with the content. Yeah, we gave them a reason to keep doing it because yeah. we loved it, yeah. right? So um, so I think it's just fucking silly to dig up shit that they were doing five, six, seven years ago that was right at the time yeah. and then canceling them now. Yeah. Especially, especially when they've changed. Especially when they've changed, but there's, there's a difference between doing something um, intentionally malicious and racist and putting down another race or something done in bad taste. Right. If a comedian is doing something in bad taste, like what are you canceling them for? Their career will cancel themselves because they're not going to get more gigs. Exactly. You know, if these videos that of batch were done in bad taste or whoever it was, 
just it, it just is what it is. It's, right. Look, why are you fighting over? Why are you wasting time and energy to cancel someone over? Yeah. That and and you got to let the audience decide whether this person or comedian, artist, whoever gets to keep doing what they do. Yeah. Right. And it sounds like his audience kept giving him a platform because they loved his shit. So yeah, I just, I just hate this like revisionist history stuff. Like I looked at batches, those old videos and I'm like, yeah, I guess they didn't age well. Like they're not, they're not that funny right now, but at the same time, like let's. Yeah. But it was also, yeah. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, you got to understand the time and place. It was, it was vine. It was six seconds. You make a joke. Yeah. You know I mean? It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, negativity these days. There is. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to do like this gotta, entire podcast I know, we switch with it the up. negative vibes. So, uh, but, um, um, so on, on the bright side, <laughs> uh, even though this was very short lived, we got to experience a few patio sessions, right? Yeah. I went on um, one today when I was with my, uh, with a date of mine. How, how did that go? Uh, it was okay. I met her, you met her on Hinge, right? Yeah, I met her on Hinge. Um, we talked for a little bit. Um, do you have this thing where when you see them, right? Because we both drive, we pick up our dates. Those first five seconds of me seeing you, I already kind of know where this date is going. You know, like I, I, maybe it's me, but I'm very like, mm. if you are not, really what I wanted or what you presented yourself to be. Right. Then, you, got ca- you got catfished. No, it wasn't like that bad, but it's like, <laughs> uh, it was just like, you're just not that person that I thought I was talking to. I can't say I, I know right off the bat from just meeting them. Um, I think if I saw somebody uh, for the first time and they didn't look like what I expected them to, or based on the photos mm-hmm. in their profile, my fucking mood for that date with shifts you, dramatically. Yeah, right? we're off yeah, to that's we're, what I'm off, saying. we're off to a bad start for sure. Yeah, exactly. But it's not something I could bounce back from. Like she could have a dope ass personality right, and, right. and win me back. Right. Yeah. D- right. Yeah. And then you definitely do rely on that stuff, and you you give them a chance. But I feel like within the first, I'm like, oh man. Okay. Yeah, it's just this not gonna a, be one of those dates. <laughs> it's just not a good. Uh, Maybe we've been on so start. many. You know. Yeah. But did you guys uh, knowing that today was the last? Um, yeah, it was popping on Ossington. Was it? It was popping. Fuck, I'm so jealous. Everything was like, so we went on our date at 2.30. We were drinking tequila at 2.30. The bar Sounds and patio cool. was rammed. Every table was full. Wait, did you get Rezos? No, I didn't. Uh, luckily enough, we just like got a table luckily. Oh shit. But it was packed. The streets were packed. It was also Good Friday. No one had to work, mm. you know, but yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. It, it was crazy. It was a good time. It was a good conversation. It just wasn't like, it is disappointing when you just, there's a, like a slight difference in yeah. the photos and yeah, you know. Man, I remember going on dates before uh, or during the stay at home lockdown when patios weren't open and the difference between going on dates where there's alcohol and no alcohol involved is such a big difference. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Alcohol is a social lubricant, man. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, because like, it gets to the point where it's just weird. Like, what, we're just going to be talking the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's harder to like escalate. It's harder to. It feels more interview style, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, it's really hard to break away from kind of like the surface level shit. Mm-hmm. I find when you're a little bit intoxicated, people definitely get much more vulnerable and open up a lot more. Yeah. So coffee dates aren't really the thing for you. Yeah, at least. like coffee dates. Like I think that the last thing I did was, um, sorry, the last 
non-patio date I did was pick this girl up. We grabbed Uber Eats sushi and we just like sat in my car for- <laughs> Wait, uh, why did you Uber Eats if you were in the car? Why don't you just drive to pick it oh, up? Oh, sorry. I Uber eats and I picked, uh, I got the pickup option. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Because I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, you got it's someone like, to deliver it's like, to deliver me to this green pea parking lot <laughs> on Ossington and Dundas. <laughs> I feel like coffee dates would work if they were short. Like if, if you yeah. mutually agree, hey, 30 minutes from yeah. 12 o'clock to 12.30, we'll grab a coffee, we'll chat and that's it. But sometimes on these dates, it's, it just drags a bit and neither of you know yeah. how long it's going to last and you kind of have to, okay, yeah, you know, like- I don't think I'd do well on a date that had a time limit though. I think uh, that would always be on the back of my mind and it would just not allow me to say the things that I wanted. I'd, it, I'd probably just feel like I'm just rushing the entire thing. But don't you feel like in, within half an hour of talking to somebody, you can say, hey, yes, I want to continue or not continue? Yes and no. I think it's obvious when somebody is, uh, it's obvious when someone's like a dick or an at, like has a shitty personality right off the bat. Like if, if like within the first 10 minutes, she was fucking rude to the waitress. I'm like, oh, this is- Wait, have you experienced that? What, what, what's like a red flag that you've experienced? A red flag? Um, that's one of them. I've, I've experienced that. Really? Yeah, like a, a girl being rude to the waitress. That's Cause it's just very telling. Like if you're like that to your fucking, to a waiter, waitress, like what the fuck are you to your mom? Yeah. To your friends, your family. How about you? What's your red flags on dates? Their optimism. Whoa, what? Like- there's some, like their energy level in terms of, are you excited about life? <laughs> or uh, you just have like stuff to complain about all day oh, long. Lack of optimism. Oh yeah, sorry, okay. lack of optimism. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, like immediately it's such a red flag for me when it's just like complaints and <laughs> other people did you wrong. Mm -hmm. You're not excited about certain things. It's like, oh, this is gonna go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna entertain you for the next hour or two. But basically that's it. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm already like, yeah, okay, I'm not, yeah, this is done. I just don't vibe with people, guy or girl who are like that. Yeah. Um, when your first reaction to anything that happens to you is to complain, yo, peace out, man. Like I've checked out, I'm, my body might still be there and we're talking, <laughs> but like I fucking mentally checked out. Yeah. I think that's like a really important trait that I want in a partner too. Someone that's just, uh, not someone who's, blindly optimistic. Yeah, yeah definitely and, not blindly optimistic. Yeah, like but that like, I can't stand either. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't be too Cause, happy. Cause it's not real. <laughs> yeah. But somebody- I mean, who, even if it is, it's like, yo, something's wrong, man. <laughs> like, are you processing everything properly? <laughs> can't be that happy. Yeah, but just somebody who has like a positive and, and level-headed outlook on life. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's I think it's important if when bad shit happens to you that you can see the positivity in, in it or like the possible positive mm -hmm. outcome from it. But at the same time, again, like it doesn't mean that you can fucking be ignorant and just blindly ignore that bad shit is happening to yeah. you and just pretend like everything is okay. Yeah, for sure. That's just as bad. Sure. I feel like uh, we both uh, talk about schedule 35 a lot on our dates. Yeah, I do. I'm like, uh, I'm half on a date, half on a sales meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're just so excited about it. Like I literally talk about it on every date. Yeah, I mean, cause you get to talking about, oh, what do you do for work, et cetera, et cetera. And, like I'll say, I'll say those other things, but like once I bring up schedule 35 and I can't shut the fuck up about it. And yeah, it's also right. just like a really, I think a lot of people find it a really cool space to talk about. It's right. like, oh shit, you shrooms microdosing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So I think it piques a lot of people's interest and they genuinely want to get to know about that stuff as well. Is a girl who doesn't do drugs like shrooms or other psychedelics, 
uh, a no for you? Um, no, absolutely not. As long as she's not like really? stuck up about it. Okay. If she's not, um, but no, but sorry, not even willing to try. Let's say that. Let's say she's um, not stuck up about it, but she's like, eh, I'm good. I, yeah, I, just, I still don't think that's a big deal. As again, as long as she's not. Yo, she's got to do shrooms, bro. We're building an empire. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> you right. You're right. You're right. You you're can't right. have someone on the boat that's not part of the. You know what I mean? I would that rather love to see that we're riding. I would in. definitely rather her try shrooms and like get into weed or something. Right. But at least try it. Yeah. At least have an open mind. And if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But you know. Yeah. I mean, like some people are willing. Some to people try. are just physically fucking scared of just trying drugs, which I yeah. understand. Like, I, I'm not gonna force you to do something you don't want to do. But it, again, like she. She has to be okay with me doing drugs. Yeah, man. It, it has been a wild week for Schedule 35 as well. You know, yeah. <laughs> for everyone listening right now, our domain got changed. Yeah. It's schedule35.co. You know? Yeah, schedule35.co. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Let them know. <laughs> we had some, you know. It just comes with the territory with the space that we're in. Um, yeah. You know, we're. I'm sure this won't be the first, or sorry, won't be the last time. Hopefully it doesn't happen too much more. Yeah, we've lost two Instagram accounts already. We've lost, you know, our website. Yeah. It is what it is. We understand that, you know, we're ahead of the curve. Yeah, it's just the game. It's part of the game. Yeah. But yeah, www.schedule35.co. I, I know we talked about this before, but I feel like for people like me and you, we would have loved to be in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I such mean, a good opportunity to like do like cheesy romantic things going to hike and chill out at the beach all night and start a campfire or whatever <laughs> exactly you know let's get creative baby yo if the next relationship i get in i'm not letting that girl go bro <laughs> 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 it's gonna be a forever thing after that oh my god uh, yeah another uh yo i mean sh shout out to everybody who's single during this lockdown like we definitely understand tough. how tough it can be like yeah. we're, we're lucky that we live together and we're yeah. super close and and we can kind of have that uh, camaraderie and not feel physically lonely at least, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, just my just my emotions are lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to address those soon. <laughs> yeah, so fuck man, like people that are literally living by themselves in, in yeah. small spaces. And I can't not, imagine. Not allowed to have people over and shit like that. It's it's crazy. Cause you and I, let's be, let's admit like, even with, with our friends, we're pretty, we're pretty like chill about a lot of this lockdown stuff. Like people are over and Mm -hmm. We're hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. We, we so, our, our place is still, you know, homie central. Yeah. So I was talking to Wally uh, today and him and him and his girlfriend, Ashley, they went out to grab dinner last night at some Korean barbecue place. And he was telling me how like he overheard uh, these two friends behind him at the other table. And they were just like so excited and enthusiastic. Wait, guys or girls? There were two guys, but they, they hadn't seen each other throughout all of lockdown. Oh, wow. So they were really respecting the rules. Yeah. But like that, that dinner they were having in that moment, that was like their get together, get together, the reconnection. And they were, uh, it's kind of beautiful too. Right. And it made me, and Wally brought up a good point. Like it made me really grateful for, uh, the friends we have, the friends we have in the situation that we've been able to have during lockdown. Like we've been able to see our friends, our family, yeah. not be completely alone. Like we don't have to have these huge moments where we see each other for the first time again. Yeah. Although I'm sure that's like a sick experience. There are people in our lives that we haven't seen for that long. And I'm yeah. sure we'll have that moment with them hopefully soon. 
Yeah, just being uh, we did uh, life before lockdown. We definitely took it for granted. Yeah. It, there were so many beautiful things that we had access to and we were able to do that. Hopefully, it sticks with us once you know, once the world is back to normal, hopefully, which is hopefully soon, that we don't forget. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing that I'm I'm going to be very mindful of because I think a lot of us have uh, have grown personally and individually throughout lockdown. Like it, for me personally, it's forced me to just um, look inward more and be mm. more introspective. I had a lot of moments where I just like looked my, looked at myself in the mirror, not physically, but just have like a hard look at yourself and, yeah. and see, look at things that you need to improve on. Because prior to that, you really never had the time to have those moments to yeah. yourself, right? It was to just really too much, check yourself like yeah, that. Too much going on, too much noise, yeah. too much day to day stuff. Hopefully, and I'm going to try my best, like once things open up and the fucking hustle and bustle of life happens again, that we really like hang on to those lessons and, and that growth that we experience through lockdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of gratitude, something that I kind of uh, came to a, an epiphany recently, what? whether it's, whether it's microdosing or whether it's like, you know, just introspection through the lockdown and whatnot, something that always bothered me was when adults see kids and they say, Oh my God, he, he's beautiful or she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like I remember as a kid hearing that all the time. And what I would always think was, yo, you're fucking lying. Like that, not every kid is beautiful. Some kids are ugly, right? You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, you can't go up to every kid and say, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Cause then th that just loses its meaning. But now whether again, whether it's through microdosing or because of the introspection during lockdown, I feel like the, they're not commenting on their physical appearance. They're commenting on life itself and the beauty of a young human being having energy and just that, you know what I mean? Like the skin, the hair, the energy, the the vibrancy, the the imagination. I feel like that is what they were talking about when they're like, oh, so-and-so is so beautiful or so-and-so, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but that it's literally a, has been just coming to my mind lately. It's a nice, what made you think that or come to that? revelation. I don't know. I just, it's just kind of like popped in my mind. Like, Oh, maybe, maybe they're not commenting on their physical attributes. Right. I mean, they were saying they're beautiful. Yeah. Cause I, I've thought about that in like a different aspect. I, I've thought about how, um, maybe it's because we're getting older or yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> you know a big I mean? part where you, yeah. you, you do think about like, not that we're going to have kids anytime soon, but like, I definitely have, I think about like how I would be like, or how I want to be like, want to mm -hmm. become a father, whenever that is. Um, when they like, let you back on these streets, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> calling, calling uh little girls beautiful. I've always, uh, that I feel like is wrong though. It's not that it's wrong, but I've, I've thought about how that's the only thing that adults, uh, address comment first comment on when, yeah. when they look at like a, a little girl or whatever. And I think that's a bad, that's a bad thing to do. If that's the only thing you're commenting on, right? Yeah. Like, uh, because girls grow up, and guys, even some guys grow up and thinking that that's the only value that they bring to the world is their looks. Yeah. And it's very disheartening to see, like, even when I'm on TikTok and I see these girls just doing thirst, thirst talks or thirst traps, mm -hmm. it's just very sad. It's just like, you are more than this. You know, like I, I just want to like reach the screen and like shake them and be like, yo, like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like you're, you're so much more than, you don't need to just rely on, you know, be reduced to your, you know, your, yeah. your face and your tits and your ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Tell, like tell these, these little, are, these are bonuses. 
happy. Exactly. Like tell, <laughs> you know? tell these little girls this is the who are icing on the up. cake that you have a nice ass and a nice face <laughs> and nice tits, bro. This is a bonus. Yeah, let them know. Let them be aware that like their value to the world goes beyond their looks. Like let them know when they're young. Like, hey, yeah, you are pretty, but you're also pretty fucking hilarious. You're funny. You're smart. You're fucking capable. Yeah, just don't comment on that first. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? again, like with guys, yeah, no one's going around to every guy saying you're handsome. Or, yeah, you know you're I mean? so good looking. You're yeah, like a Brad Pitt, man. Yeah, but but they do get the oh, you're smart. Yeah, you're funny. You're and, strong. And then we lean into those. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you do want to change that culture with girls and their image, yeah, yeah, issues, no. then you, yeah, you guys got to change it and yeah. stop. Not everyone is beautiful, man. Not everyone, exactly. The same way, not everyone is funny. Not everyone is smart. Not everyone is athletic. Not everyone, yeah. you know. What I mean, it, like we're not. We're still beautiful as human beings, but not physically. Exactly. Beautiful. The thing is, out of all those characteristics that we just listed off, like uh, most of us, most people have at least one of those things. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's okay. For, oh yeah, I'm I'm smart, but I'm not the best looking. Yeah. Or just I'm, double down on what you're good at, man. Exactly. Or I'm I'm funny, but I'm not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Like use your fucking strengths. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Use your strengths. Yeah. Being a dad would be fucking. That's going to be wild, man, because like I I feel like I'm getting to that point in my age and even like talking with you guys where we're starting to really sound like our parents, the what way you, we the way we talk about the world and like the younger generation. We joke around how like everyone's like super sensitive. That's, mm-hmm. that's the that's the nicest word I can come up with right now. So they're sensitive. Um, the thing is, like if you have it, if you had a child and you raise them with your, the way you wanted to raise them. Don't you feel like that's what our parents did to us? Cause you know how our parents basically like physically- Like tough love? Yeah, our parents are, they, our parents basically fucking like beat us. But, yeah. that, but that is what they knew. That's what they thought was right or how to like raise a child. Where, and the same thing goes for us. Like we think we have these there, wait. ideas and, and principles that we think will work on raising a child. But then these kids are gonna go to school and they're, they're gonna have friends and they're gonna be influenced by media and culture at the yeah. time. And they're gonna look at us and be like, yo, you're fucking, you're a fucking dinosaur. Like, why are you raising me this way? You don't understand, <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, I mean, it, it is very much up to us to be in touch with what is right, what is wrong in terms of raising a child. I think definitely our parents, you know, were too left or too right, whatever, in terms of like the way the pendulum swings. Yeah. And the complete opposite is not the right answer. Like not beating your child, I don't think is the right answer. I think there has to be a level of fear, which I don't see in kids these days towards their parents. Like right. when your parents get mad at you, you definitely have to be afraid. Yes. Whether it's through beating or whatever it is. Because in the moment as a child, like you can't, you don't have the time or luxury to explain why you're doing, what, why what they're doing is wrong. Right. They need to understand that Oh fuck, whatever I'm doing is wrong. Let me stop right now. And then the parent will explain to them later or when they're older. Yeah. This is why what you're doing was wrong. The way I foresee raising my child, it can be interpreted by that generation that as wrong. like emotional verbal abuse. Right. You know, but I don't want my fucking kid growing up as a fucking marshmallow. I know. You know, like that. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's of no help to anybody. I don't want hurt. I don't. Sorry, I don't want words to be able to affect you so much. Yeah, you just have to build up their their self esteem and their character, you know, and to understand that hey, someone's opinions or someone's words is is just that. It's just their opinion and words. Yeah, 
Yeah. I know. Uh, we need Richie back on the show, man. Like <laughs> that guy, some advice. That guy had all the fucking fatherhood wisdom. So to give context to everybody, our condo is definitely, you know, homie central. People come by. What are the rules to dapping up the homies in terms of, because I know that me and you sometimes have this awkwardness because like if I leave the condo or you leave the condo for an hour or two hours and you come back, do we dap each other up? Like, what are the rules of when you see a homie, when do you dap them up? Okay, let's say we're all chilling together, right? There's, there's a bunch of us at the condo. If I leave for, hey, let's, let's say, hey guys, I'm going to work, I'll be back in six hours mm-hmm. and I come back. That's an appropriate time to dap up everybody, right? What time is the most minimum time or the, or you know what I'm saying? Like, is it the two hour mark where it's like when someone comes back, do you dap everyone up then? And then also, also when, let's say I only leave for an hour, right? Right. Or you leave for an hour, someone leaves for an hour, but then new homies join the homie circle. So when that person comes back, they have to dap up everybody. When you're dapping up everybody, do you dap up the people that you were saw an hour ago? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you, even if I'm gone for an hour, it's like, yeah. Yeah, what up, what up? <laughs> I think the rule is if, um, if you're dapping up a new group of people, then you might as well just yes. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, Yo, especially I just, if, I just if, saw you an hour ago, like <laughs> especially if it's that one lone person, <laughs> right, right, right? Like, come on, bro, like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're no, you're right though. Like, because sometimes you and I will, will step out, yeah, because we see each other so often, and it's just like, or even like when we take separate cars to go to Buddha Bomb. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? You know, like, what are the rules of tapping but, up? But here? you and I, we don't even dap each other up um, when we when it's just us. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I'll mean? sometimes you'll be out the entire day, or I'll be out the entire day, and I'll come back, and it's not like I see you and yo oh, it up. Yeah, because because in that situation, it's a roommate situation, not a home oh, situation, okay. right? Okay. The dynamics change, right? right? So th- sometimes it's like, which dynamic are we in right now? Right. You know, it's okay. One is a living situation and the other is a social situation. Yeah, exactly. Got it. You know, but, but even like, for instance, if we both take separate cars and go to Buddha bomb Mm -hmm. and let's say you or I arrive, let's say half an hour apart. Do we dap? If you're dapping everybody there? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, man. What if it's, what if it's, what if we arrive at the exact same time? What if we're five minutes apart? No, that's fucking weird then. So then what is the time limit? I guess it's 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's say it's 10 minutes. So if I haven't seen you for 10 minutes, we, we both drive there. 10 minutes. You're 10 minutes ahead of me. I arrived, I walk into the door 10 minutes late. Then it's like, yo, yes. Continue bro. 10 minutes. And there has to be a new group of people. So how many people, what if it's just one person? All right. It has Cause, to be, cause I think that changes it too. Yeah. I think that changes it as well. Yeah. If you're doing multiple daps, then you might as well dap that person. But if it's just one additional yeah. dap, I think it has to be like three, because if I saw three daps happening and I didn't get one, I'd feel, <laughs> I feel some sort of way. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just like, yo, were you high <laughs> when you thought about this? No, it was yesterday oh. when, uh, when, when Eric and David were over. Oh, and I, and I didn't, and I didn't dab you. I was like, fuck, should I? Oh, that's <laughs> fucking joke. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, what are the rules here? Like maybe I didn't notice it because there was only two of them. If there was a third, I might've noticed yeah, it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Cause, cause then it's like, okay, there's a lot of dapping going on. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah. am I not involved? Oh man. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, yeah. Cause it definitely wasn't high when I was thinking about this. Cause I, cause I haven't <laughs> smoked weed in like a week. How has that been for you? 
My sleep has definitely been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept so good the other day. I woke up 90 degrees <laughs> from my original position. Wait, what? So you flipped horizontally onto yeah. your bed? I, yeah, I turned 90 degrees. I, when I woke up. Dude, you're like fucking 6'5". You shouldn't be sleeping. <laughs> it's yeah, like half I, your body I hanging off the bed. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I was obviously sleeping lengthwise on my mattress. Right. <laughs> when I woke up, I was widthwise. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was I dreaming about? <laughs> oh, shit. That was, that was an action-packed dream. Holy shit. Yeah, I r- <laughs> fucking rotated. <laughs> that hasn't happened. That, I don't know. It's only happened like a couple times in my life. Was it really easy for you to just stop smoking weed? Like, did you ever have moments where like, fuck, I really want a joint? No, it, it's the temptation will come when we go out drinking again. And then at the end of the night, I definitely do want, I definitely do thinking, think that sleeping while drunk is terrible. I would rather be drunk, smoke up and then go to sleep. Yeah. You know? Um, Hmm. But I do feel this kind of like nighttime itch. Yeah. I think it's because of the routine. routine. Yeah, exactly. We've been so fucking primed to, oh shit, it's 8 p.m. Or sorry, it's 10 p.m. TV's on, we're on the couch. Yeah. yeah, you know what to do. Yeah, yeah it's kind of your body going on, on autopilot, right? Yeah, but I also think maybe it's because I'm playing like COD with right. So you've replaced one vice with another. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I realized that I don't play really good when I'm high. Oh, playing true. COD mobile, <laughs> so true, I'm true. like I might as well be sober for right, this, right, so right. I can merc some mans. Yeah. Um, I realized too, because I, I think I w- I went on a, like a week stint when we didn't have weed in the house, and we just never bought any weed and yeah, we're just smoking up, right? Yeah. Um, but I think we were doing edibles, right? Yes. We were, yeah, we were, we were either we doing we were, Buddha we bombs or pixie plums. We were, but I do want to cut it out, but it's so fucking hard when it's right in front of you. And it's one of those things where like chips, like right now we have fucking like two bags of chips in the kitchen <laughs> somewhere. Usually, <laughs> if, usually if there's no chips in the house, like it's not like I fucking itch for chips, right. you know, I'm right. not going to go out it's of my you way. See it, right? Yeah. But if it's fucking right there and it's within my reach, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. But I do want to try to, I do want to try to cut weed out. I mean, I'm just excited, and I guess we'll announce the new product right here too. Sure. The CBD sleep gummies that we're working yes, on. Yes, sir. Like, yeah, I'm so excited about that because like that's good rest gummies. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? I think it's a working name. Yeah. Okay. Well, at working the moment, t- yeah, we're calling title. it. We're calling them the good rest gummies. They're gonna have 10 milligrams of CBD. They're gonna have magnesium, zinc. Wait, what's the A? ZMA. Uh, it's. Well, it's vitamin B six, but what's why is it? Why is it a? It's some really sciencey term I forgot. But and there's there's two types of zinc. There's ZMA and ZMC, and Z, and our ZMA. Yeah, yeah. And then I feel like you're a better expert at ZMA, but you can let um, the people know what ZMA does for them. I'm gonna give you like the non scientific term or definition or experience. Basically, the anecdotal experience. Yeah. So a lot of um a lot of people who work out they'll take ZMA to help them rest and recover better. Um, what, so, um, so zinc and magnesium promote deep sleep. It promotes deep sleep and it's also a natural testosterone booster. Oh yeah. So yeah, you'll yeah. get deep sleep. And if you're a guy and you're taking it, you're going to wake up with some fucking hard ass boners in the morning. That's amazing. And yeah. then we also have five HTP in it, which I know is for deep, good for deep sleep. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward towards these CBD. Yeah, it's a rest gummies, man. It's a product that I think I know we're, we're going to be devouring them. Yeah. We're going to be eating through our own inventory. Yeah. Well, our company's going to go bankrupt. Yeah. This is uh, this <laughs> fuck. We get high on our own supply. Oh man, I am looking forward to that. Because <laughs> sleep is so important. Like, I realized because I've been having a lot of um for the past two months, three, maybe even longer. Sorry, the past like four months. My back has been hurting mm -hmm. just from like sitting at the desk we're at and just not, you know, not proper ergonomics. And I think that's happening to a lot of people in lockdown because yeah. it's not, we're not moving around as much. The, our couches, our chairs at home aren't the best for our backs. But I've noticed that within the past week, the week or so when I cut out weed and I'm sleeping better, it has been definitely helping my back. Like I feel like the, the, because you're getting the, the better deep, quality of sleep, yeah, better quality of right. sleep. You know, and before, even if I was sleeping like nine, 10 hours, it just wasn't really, I still wake up with like back pain, you know? Interesting. Maybe it is because we're also running too, which is a really yeah. cool thing that we're doing. We're, we're doing our 8 a.m., 8 a.m. 8 runs. It's pretty dope how we've consistently been doing it. Um, Cause I didn't really have high expectations to be honest in the oh, beginning. Really? Yeah. <laughs> not, not more so on your part, like just like my part. Cause I'm, I'm pretty, I fucking hate running. Yeah. I hate um, running too. But I feel like if we're committing to it, let's fucking commit to it. Yeah. So, but no, it's been fucking sick. Cause like running is, or I think any physical activity in the morning, it's just like such a natural caffeine for your yeah. body. Like it just naturally wakes you up. You feel energized, um, just more less groggy too. Like it just snaps you out of that grogginess, yeah. no matter how tired you are when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. And I find that so I have so much more time in my day. Cause I sleep until like nine, nine thirty. Exactly. Usually. Cause, yeah. Cause I think prior to running, I would wake up at uh, 8.50 a.m. Right. and I'd have to jump on a Zoom call at 9 a.m. So right. just right off the bat, I've already set myself up for like such a shitty start to my day where I'm just rushing and trying to get like mentally and physically yeah. ready. Whereas when we run, we'll run early in the morning, that'll wake us up. And then now we have this, let's say like 45 minutes to an hour to, to do other things and just kind of like get our bodies- Slowly wake up kind of thing. Exactly, to slowly wake up and mentally get prepared for, yeah. for, for work. Yeah. But it's so important. Cause I was reading up on um, just growth hormone stuff, mm -hmm. just because we've been talking about that a lot lately within our circle yeah. and apparently doing two exercises a day. So whether it be um, a light run in the morning and then working out in the afternoon or working on the morning and light run in the, and, and like vice versa, that helps a lot with your body producing growth hormone and deep sleep as well. Jeez. So I, eventually I, uh, Eventually, maybe I'll join you at the Buddha Bomb Gym Show, and man. get my second workout in the day. But it's for now, I'm very, <laughs> very content with just the running. Yeah, man. You wanna, you wanna wrap this up? Or you want you more stuff to talk about? No, I think this is, a, I think it's a good starting point. I mean, ending point. <laughs> we talked about a lot today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is Life in Microdoses with your host Derek and Andre, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Yes, sir. Peace, everybody. Later. Bye.